Hello and welcome to another episode of DQ Chats. So I am Stephanie Tudor. I am the VP Darlo of Drama Queensland and today I am joined by Drama Queensland member Solitaire Mark. So welcome Sol. Thank you. Uh, and we have to say Happy World Teachers Day. Um, so we thought seeing that this episode is released on World Teachers Day, we would use this chance uh, to delve a little deeper into all things curriculum. So we're going to have a chat today about Greek theatre and how we use it in our classrooms and how we use it across various year levels. So, so why do you like Greek theatre? Uh, I think there's just something really special about going back to the origins or the roots of Western theatre. It's like going right back to the soul of drama. So um, I guess uh, for me personally, I love that we're obviously dealing with some pretty big personalities, mm. some major themes, and it it really encapsulates that drama is the study of the human condition. And I guess from a teaching perspective, it because we do so much around the language of conventions and elements, Greek theatre has a wonderful set of mm. conventions. So you're really developing that shared vocabulary with students, which is really easy for them to navigate the style yeah. and then put that into practice. Yeah, and I really like how you say, you know, it's getting kind of to the soul of where mm. we started because I think that's really interesting too when saying to students, well, this is kind of the beginnings of it all and, you know, mm. going back and tracking it and um, the festivals and the, the gods and all of that. And then it really helps them understand that kind of heightened presentational style if you if you understand where it's come from. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, like, it's not just even about the works itself. Mm. It's about uh, how theatre was a part of their lifestyle yeah. and a part of that society and uh, their religion. Yeah. And so it, it's really great for history buffs as yeah. well, even if you're not just a drama nerd. Well, yeah, I have to put myself in both of those categories, so I think that's why I like it too. Uh, when you say about going back um, to the beginnings and, and having that shared language, because I really like that idea of it, of being so enriched in their culture and so enriched in their kind of everyday, um, that we have these amazing heightened stories and for... Uh, the Greeks going to the, the theatre, they were stories that they knew and they were mm. stories that they were that were passed down and that were kind of already known. Mm. Um, and so that's a really interesting approach too. But also when you're talking about conventions, the idea that some of, the, some of our students are so familiar with things like chorus because it is so present in so many, you know, contemporary productions that when you go, well, this is where it first started, they go, oh, just... Yeah, it's quite surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting as well. Um, so what grades do you teach Greek theatre with? Uh, I first uh, introduced students to Greek theatre in grade 10. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't focus on it purely in grade 10, though. It's part of a, a bit of a crash course unit called um, Introduction to the History of Western Drama. So we actually cover... Um, obviously from um, ancient Greek theatre, we go through medieval theatre, commedia, Elizabethan, realism, wow, um, epic, absurd. So it's a, <laughs> it's a real crash course. It's a bit of a taster for mm. them. Uh, and uh, so obviously Greek theatre stands out because that's where we start with that. Yep. And that unit is really quite black and white in that we're looking at um, the main conventions 
and how the actor manipulates their voice and movement between those different styles. And then obviously when we um, move into the senior years, that's where we're sort of playing around with the the rules that Mm. that we've established of those styles. And then we can get a bit more uh, creative um, and experimental with contemporary theatre blending um, with, yeah, ancient Greek theatre. So, yeah, we, of course, then um, touch on it in Unit 4, the Transform Unit. Do you find that students having that taste in Year 10, that they can break the rules easier in Unit 4 because they kind of go, oh, well, I know this, it's not completely new? Yeah, definitely. And that's it. They before you break the rules, you've got to know what the rules are. Yeah. So they they definitely think back to their um, to what we do in year ten, and they can build off that. And it is amazing. They do tend to retain yeah. uh, that knowledge. It just takes a little bit of a refresher uh, <laughs> in, year, in the... year twelve. Uh, but yeah, there, there's definitely that connection. And I think. Even though it is a uh, yeah, pretty intense unit, a crash yeah. course unit covering all of those styles, uh, it, it does actually give them that sense of how theatre has evolved, but also how some things are borrowed and mm. just repeated, but in a, in a different way. It's not totally new stuff all the time. So mm. particularly if we're going from ancient Greek theatre to then a Shakespearean unit, they can see the connections yeah. there. Um, between those two styles and that yeah William obviously stole a lot from them so yeah Yeah. they're they're making those connections with their learning and that would be really good for them in that transform unit because I think sometimes students struggle so much with well how do I come up with something and Mm. how do I I need to create something completely new exactly and having that kind of historical background you can go well no, each kind of style is a reflection or a rejection Definitely. of the previous one. Um, you know, you, we talk about like Brecht came out of the rejection of realism or mm. all of those things. So that would be a nice connection. Yeah, and that's quite inspiring, I think, as future theatre practitioners. They don't have to have this sense of, oh my goodness, I'm reinventing the wheel. Yeah. It's, uh, we, we can build off what somebody else has done and, and make it more of a reactionary approach for how they want to create theatre mm. in the future. Yeah. So when you do it in year 10, do you look at a specific text or how do you approach that? Uh, because of the nature of it being so quick and so mm. fast, we don't tend to look at a particular text. Yep. I do tell them a little bit about some of the, the characters that they might meet along the way, like whether it's Oedipus or mm. Antigone. And we use actually quite a bit um, of the text from Antigone um, yep. just for practical exercises. So when we're looking at voice and that really heightened declamatory style of presentation we use the phrase or the the section of text from Antigone the O Ray of Sunlight most beautiful that ever shone on Thebes which is towards the the start of the play Mm. and we're really looking at sort of the the common consonant sounds the S's and the T's and really getting students to to be uh, very mindful of their diction and articulation so it's really just those core skills that we're using but with a, with a text that sounds different to what they've been doing previously in drama. Greek has this nice way of layering in that poetic, which Shakespeare does as well, mm. but also having these really tight, compact stories as well mm. that they can really dive into and, and is so much is said so quickly. Like I really like the idea that 
in a Greek play, everything happens in a day. Yes. I think one of the challenges my students face a lot of the time is, well, you have to know all this backstory and you have to know all of these things that happened before. Um, one of the texts we do in Transform is Medea. You have to know the Golden Fleece. You have to know what happened there. Mm. You have to know Jason and the Argonauts. And I'm like, yeah, but for the Greeks, they knew all of that. Those were the stories. It's just ingrained they were, in their yeah, culture. They yeah. were the myths. They were the, you know, they. everyone knew the story of Medea. Euripides was just the person who wrote it down and put his own spin on it. Yeah. And I find that's really interesting. And talking about that and then how that kind of impacts, you know, contemporary playwrights. Mm. So we look at Greek first very very briefly in year eight and we do it with ivy shambert actually yeah yeah and looking at well how do you introduce that chorus so we start Mm. in a unit where the students do a performance of ivy shambert and we start introducing those chorus elements and voice and movement and presentational acting and heightened style so and do you introduce it saying that we are now looking at Greek conventions? No, when we do it in Ivy, we look at it at just the idea of chorus. Mm -hmm. Um, So we explore that idea of chorus and presentational acting, heightened language, and how we can use chorus and how chorus in this play comments on the action and works in the action Mm -hmm. and, and kind of is fluid between the two. And then in term three i think we head into a unit called uncovering the past and then that's when we hit them with greek um so uncovering our unit uncovering the past is all about greek myths and legends Mm -hmm. and so we kind of look back and go remember all of that chorus stuff we did this is where it came from this is where it came from surprise (laughs) um the students go oh that doesn't seem as intimidating because sometimes i think when you introduce a historical style yeah they go it's so far removed from what i do it's so far removed from yeah. the plays I go and see yeah. whereas we find it's a nice entry yeah yeah in. definitely yeah. and and what you were saying before about how something like Ivy Shambert you know has that uh, core narrative but the chorus then comments mm. on the action one of the resources that I use in the year 10 unit to show that in a modern context mm. is um, I show them a, a bit of a snippet from Woody Allen's Mighty Aphrodite oh, because yep. it has, I mean, it, it's not appropriate probably for them to watch the whole thing, <laughs> uh, but particularly the first scene is the Greek chorus mm. in a, a Greek amphitheater. They're in very traditional um, costume. They have masks. They move exactly how uh, we expect uh, an ancient Greek chorus to do so. But then the uh, the film quickly changes to uh, the, the characters sitting in a modern day setting in a cafe. And um, then they start to realize that the chorus has been just used as this vehicle to comment on what is going on for mm. the, the central protagonists. And just to show them that visually, I found, yeah. is, is really good for the students because yeah they they can um they have that to tap into before then that they have a go at Mm. at doing it practically themselves and i think you've um touched on something that i think is really difficult for students is that present that traditional greek style is really hard for them to go well how do i present that Mm. um so looking at other ways to kind of link in to start with and that's why our year eight unit when we actually look at greek um, we layer in um, viewpoints and physical theatre yeah. um, and they take a Greek myth. We use Icarus mm-hmm. um, as our kind of guiding text because I think there's 
a lot of things that you can make contemporary around that. We look at, you know, being trapped by your parents and freedom and, and getting away and, um, you know, rebelling, not, not listening to people, all of those things. Um, and then we look at, um, Midas, we look at Pandora, um, and pulling out themes and layering on, well, what can we take from the Greek style Mm. and what can we adapt? Um, because I think a lot of that, heightened language, heightened emotion, presentational acting, we don't use mask. Um, Mm. But that commenting on the action really comes down to, well, at the heart of Greek tragedy or Greek comedy um, is really that lesson and that moral learning and that the audience needs to walk away being challenged or... um, that thought provoking and that's just exactly what the chorus itself represents Mm. it's such an interesting concept in its own right it's it's not only the the internal thoughts and emotions of the characters it's also the voice of society Mm. it can be quite self-reflective at times but it can also be the challenger so uh how that works even from a a playwriting perspective um and and how students could then if they are doing something um, more along a devising or a script writing task how you can approach a character or a situation from multiple perspectives Mm. um which of course then fits very nicely into the transform unit that we that we do in year 12 yeah um you mentioned before using viewpoints though Mm. in in year eight and i find um because we do viewpoints we do a bit of it in year 10 um, in a physical theatre unit and then we use it again um, in Transform. But um, it's a wonderful um, rehearsal and devising technique. But I find sometimes with students it can either Mm. go really well or it can flop. And and how do you find that in year eight? Uh, Look, we don't do so much of the the grid and the open viewpoints. Mm -hmm. We really introduce the viewpoints as a language um, and we come back to it... um, at the end of year 10 um where we kind of go hey remember all of this language remember when we talked about all of these viewpoints this is how we use them so in year eight i think it's the same way that we introduce greek theater we use the conventions we use the terminology and we kind of hint at what we're talking about and then don't really hit them with it um until year 10 because yeah i completely agree with what you're saying i think if i tried to um do grid work or mm. open viewpoints with a class of year eights. I just um, and look really hope that teachers out there have year eights that are gunning yeah. and really <laughs> excited to do that. Uh, I just wouldn't trust my year eights yeah. um, because they would literally be climbing up the wall and be like, "Well, this is my interesting use of architecture. <laughs> now I'm stuck. How do I get down?" <laughs> um, no, but yeah, but we said something about transform. So let's talk about that. So. What text do you use and how do you kind of approach transform? Yeah, um, and I think um, I've got a lot of my inspiration from um, transform form from you. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I also, <laughs> I, exactly, I too use Medea. Um, but I think the thing that really struck me a few years ago when we were talking about um, the, the the new syllabus coming mm. in and this idea of transform um, I always approached this idea of transformation and taking a classic text and and turning it into something more contemporary I always just looked at it from a contextual 
point mm. that, okay, this is how we do it. We just update the setting. We update the costumes. We update the language so it sounds a little bit like uh, what they was originally written. And then you said to me one day, well, if we look at really what the syllabus is also asking us to do is that word reframe. Mm. And that has really changed my entire thinking of transforming something so yes we still do a, a bit of contextual work with um we, we look at um medea in its original form the penguin classics version uh and then we do some contextual work with updating medea yeah um so that students can have a, a connection with the characters and even in some ways empathize with yeah. the characters but then we're ultimately leading towards this idea of how we can reframe it and yeah. who aren't we hearing from? How do we change that lens? And there is so much there, particularly mm. with Medea, of yeah. who we don't hear from. Yeah, and there's some really good versions um, about that as well. Um, I know the Kate Mulverney version, she mm. completely changes that and really is by shifting the perspective and shifting the lens. So if you don't know that version... Um, she takes yeah she takes the story and sets it in the boys bedroom and um, Medea walks in and out of the room and they talk about you know dad's new girlfriend and um, one of the boys has a um, a jumper that was made from the golden fleece and and so it's contemporary but you also see those the child perspective that you don't get in the original yeah definitely and it's just so interesting because Medea does drift in and out of that story but she's just she's not the focus no and it it is really it's a very also realistic version of two young boys locked in a room Mm. and only hearing parts of the of their parents story and Mm. their parents break down and uh how they even pass the time Mm. in that play is really interesting so when you um I've, i've never seen it um performed but even when i've read it um uh just the script just how a lot of it is physical action what the boys are doing to pass that time and then how that then links into some to some bigger conversations about what's going on with mum yeah and i think that's a really good example to use with students when you're looking at that idea of of contemporary text too because it is a completely different take on it. And, you know, when we're talking about contemporary theatre in that transform unit, the students could do every anything. Mm. They can go down, you know, a physical theatre path. They can go down a more kind of postmodern um, path, you know, the access to, you know, cinematic theatre and, mm. and kind of take it anywhere. So so starting with that lens shift kind of opens that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you do something really interesting with Medea with Instagram, um, which I have now stolen and adapted. But can you – let's talk about that. Uh, so I guess this is a little bit what I was saying before about just we start with um, updating the context mm. of the work. And, um, you know, students always love an opportunity to use their devices, of course, and engage with social media. So mm-hmm. uh, we create a modern Medea's Instagram page. So uh, the students, they, they just run with this um, because they're obviously very familiar with that territory um, and they come up with a unique Instagram handle for their their version of Medea so mm. it could be you know at mistreated Medea or at mad Medea and this is really about stepping in her shoes yeah. and what are the kinds of things that if Medea was here today going through this this sort of um, experience which a lot of women do mm. um, how 
what sort of stuff would she be putting on her feed? Yeah. What would she be thinking about? And they have the opportunity to approach it in any way. They can put themselves in in the pictures, or it could be quotes um, yep. that that um, they think would would inspire her or uh, encapsulate her her frame of mind at that point in time. It could be just things that Medea herself would take pictures of um, in her own environment. Yeah. Um, that really just sort of show the headspace that she's in we don't just give them free reign uh, from the whole play there we really tend to look at Medea's first monologue yeah. where she makes some brilliant points about that um, men rule women that divorce is seen as a disgrace or um, my um, my favorite is that childbirth is more painful than going into battle oh yeah that's a good one <laughs> and um, I really get the students to break down that monologue first and then try and find um some images um or quotes that connect to mm. the, to those things that that she's been vocalizing and obviously at that point in the place she is um very mad it's actually yeah. the first time we see her mm. and um yeah she she is she's got a lot going on yeah. there so there, there is a, there's a lot there for students to to engage with and then to take in another direction yeah. um through her instagram page I like how you start with the monologue and start with breaking down the text because I think that really leads nicely, you know, into what they have to do. Mm. Um, I did a little bit differently this year. Um, I think it was the first or second lesson back from COVID. And I was like, I need to get these kids up and yep. doing stuff. <laughs> um, so we did a storyboard of Medea. Um, and so this is kind of a technique I've adapted a little bit and used a lot um, now that the ia2 is in existence mm -hmm. um and really when we look at a text we often go okay well what are the key moments create you know five or six freeze frames that are the key moments yeah. and give them titles and yeah. so we did that with medea after reading the text what do you think the key moments are and then we said okay well what do you think the key moments are if we transform or shift the lens and it's from Jason's point of view or yeah. the kid's point of view or Gloss's point of view. Mm. Um, and I'm going to be controversial there and say Gloss, not Glorkay. I'm so that. glad you said it first <laughs> because I, I have no idea. I know. And uh, we actually take a bit of a, a vote in class yeah. on how, how we, how we say, we say it. Our name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. So sorry to the people that I'm not saying it right, but you know, that's how we do it. Um, but that was really interesting because then I broke them up into groups and we talked a lot about, well, what do we think this person's style is? Mm -hmm. And the students got really into that idea of, you know, one of their Medeas was really, you know, open about her feelings and really putting her whole life out there on social media. And then one of the Medea groups was like really a little bit more secretive and cryptic in the way. So we had a really lovely shot because we went crazy with the props room and the costumes. Oh, nice. Yep. And we had Gloss and Jason and Gloss was in her wedding dress. Um, and the shot was like from the leaves behind, like, um, Medea had um, rocked up to um, oh no it was a, a dress fitting sorry rocked up to Gloss's dress fitting and was like looking through the curtains and looking through the grass to kind of see what Gloss was up to and then like the next shot was like Medea in her own wedding dress um, and so really that kind of vengeful cryptic Instagram and then yeah. from that we took the idea of, well, what is the theme from those? What is the difference between that Medea to the Medea that is just so hurt 
that she can't, you know, she can't go on. You know, mm. when they first talk about Medea, they talk about her, you know, weeping and not being able to mm. get out of bed compared to, to Jason. Um, and then we go back to layering in those classic Greek conventions. So that's a really nice way. Yeah, an in entry well. point in. Yeah. And, and when you get students to look at um, the other characters, mm. whether it's Jason or Gloss um, or the boys, do you find students have a particular uh, – are they led or, or um, attracted to some of the other characters more than others? Like do they automatically always just go to Jason? Well, I teach in an all-girls school, so we have very strong opinions when Jason says things to Medea about, you know, um, oh, I can't even think of any of the lines, but there's a couple of lines in there where he kind of asserts his dominance and, and yeah. talks about um, Medea or the lines that you were talking about when Medea talks about, you know, of all creatures on earth, women are the most yeah, wretched, yeah. all of those things. Um, so sometimes the girls get quite fired up. Yeah, and he says a lot of stuff about, like, that she should be – you know, grateful. Yes. And, and, and I'm doing this. I'm for doing you. this as a favor for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and so our Jason this year, um, wasn't portrayed very well. Um, he was very vain and full of himself and, um, all about the gram, um, and <laughs> all about making himself look good. Um, but we had two really interesting perspectives of, um, Gloss where one of the groups portrayed her as quite naive and innocent and kind of didn't really know what she was getting mm. herself into. And they really connected with that through the um, explanation of her death when she talks about uh, – when the messenger talks about her putting on the crown and then her dancing around the room. And, and the students were saying, well, you know, she's very vain, but that kind of feels like she's very young. Like mm. She doesn't really know what's happening. So they looked at that idea that – she's just this girl caught up in this, these other people's marriage and this other people's world. And then, um, another group went down the more powerful route. And I think that's because we also touched upon this year, um, the Susie Miller version of Medea, which if you've read it makes Gloss a whole different character. Um, and really a big player. Yeah. Mm. And is really making really strong comments, um, about, you know, well, I'm doing this and I know what I'm doing to you, Medea, and Jason and I are in love and you've got nothing on us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those things are interesting too because when you come back to it at, in the heart of Transform, they have to be true to the text. You yeah. know, certain things, no matter what text you're doing, you know, um, Oedipus has to sleep with Jocasta. Yeah. Um, you know, Antigone has to bury her brother, brother. and then, um, yeah. you know, end up in the cave with Haman. Like we can't get away from those key things but how do we make that relevant how do we make it contemporary without also minimizing the grandeur of the, these stories of the situation. yeah because i mean that's where we kind of started talking about this these stories are so epic yeah they are so big yeah and i think um for me it's about leading the students into a way that they can really grapple with such Mm. huge concepts um that are still so relevant but when you start talking about them you know if we just started saying oh well we're going to do a play about infanticide Mm. or filicide or um we're going to talk about i shouldn't say infanticide because they're not infants but we're going to talk about you know incest or we're going to talk about yeah you know any of those things kids go whoa and obviously that's yeah. not how i start my lessons no. <laughs> um but imagine but, if you did yeah, i know <laughs> i think it'd be very different um but you know 
we are talking about things that happen in a day and there's they're so quick and there's so much that's happening and sometimes students are overwhelmed by well how yeah. do i take that and make it my own but see like what you were saying with the there's such grand big issues that's the the beauty again of greek theater in particular mm. for students is to say theater is a place where you can wrestle and discuss yeah. some really big topics and in a fairly safe space yeah and then you can leave the theater and have your own opinions and yeah. discuss that um more and i think um the national theater has a brilliant set of yeah. um, youtube clips um particularly where they talk about medea and one of the points that um one of the the um university professors made about greek theater is that you know greek theater was written by men performed by men and the yeah. audience were men and you, you get these female characters like antigone medea and even the and, Trojan women, yeah, exactly. Troy, you know, and you go, isn't that interesting that men, yeah, were staging, performing, and watching these in- incredible yeah. stories about women, and then you go, why? Yeah. So like, and 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 they they make this point in in the clip that because theater was the place where they could discuss that mm. not so much on the streets not in their homes certainly not with their wives yeah but in the theater that was where they would wrestle with those topics and that point alone is really important for for students today in seeing the value of theater mm. for why it is important mm. this is where we get to in that safe space chat about that yeah and I think that's a really lovely way also to end their journey in drama to mm. kind of go, well, let's look back. And it's like full circle. Started. Yeah. And, yeah. And kind of what are the things that we're still grappling with? Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go, I just wanted to, we just talked about national theater, but what other resources or, you know, other places do you draw upon? We talked about Susie Miller's Medea, Kate Mulverney's, um, mm. Dan Evans, Oedipus Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Mm. Now, that would be a text that I would yeah. be um, really looking at how we can use with students because there's some great stuff in there and the way he's taken um, the story of I mean, Oedipus and how that has all evolved and transformed it. Mm. Although, make sure you read mm. it. Make sure you, yes. <laughs> you, yes. you know your school context. I use excerpts from it but yeah. would never read the whole thing with... Yeah. Um, yeah, I use excerpts from it. Um, but what other places do you draw on or what other texts do you use? Yeah, so I, I think because also um, even though we're, we're drama practitioners and we're obviously trying to focus on performance, mm. we can't forget that there is that heavy written component in drama yeah. with, with analysing and evaluating work. So I also show students the Zen Zenzo production of Medea, The River Runs, Runs Backwards, backwards yeah. particularly from um, – the the viewpoint that when we read um a greek tragedy we don't see death happen on the stage it is always described by the messenger or a or a prophet uh so it's or an oracle so we need to 
look at that as well as how can we physicalize that yeah. and um the zen zenzo production shows um gloss and creon's death um obviously in a highly physical theater style and this that's where i actually start really with looking at how we can um analyze the elements analyze um mm. some conventions and do some written work by yeah. looking at that and once again it also shows students the possibilities that they have with um, what aren't we seeing? Yeah. And let's have a go at physicalizing what we're not seeing. Mm. And I um, use some, again, national theater. There is some great clips on introduction to chorus, um, introduction to Greek theater. There's some clips about Medea. There's a really good, it's a long clip, but in conversation with Helen McCroy, where she talks mm. about her doing Medea, but also their version of Antigone. Um, and, they've taken Antigone and set it in an underground bunker Mm. and so transformed that in a completely different way and there's some really lovely parts of just well you could just look at that first monologue and then look at how it's transformed and they've worked in some creating of chorus there and how they've kind of used that and that's also really good when you're talking about things like physical theatre or using that movement component too of contemporary theatre and how do we make it so it's not so um how do we make it so it's not so heavily reliant on just the body but we're using the body in terms with dialogue in terms of all of that and making it more accessible i guess to a wider audience yeah definitely um anything else that you use that you just went yeah that's gold i use it time and time again uh um not so much in terms of resources that that i haven't um already mentioned Mm. um i guess just um more some of the activities yeah. that we do so um the spectrum of difference yeah. i find is always great for greek theater because of the um justifying different viewpoints yeah. and um yet yeah, breaking down the tragic hero yeah. uh so yeah getting students to actually position themselves on that spectrum and then justify why they um, align more with that character or, or approve of that character's mm. actions but then also knowing that that spectrum is quite fluid yeah. so at any point in time they can change their position so using those um, those more physical um, uh, tools even if we're doing something with yeah justifying yeah, um, how can yeah. we get students up on their feet and actually positioning themselves in the room to to really prove that point yeah and I think something you touched on there is Greek theatre has the ability to get such strong opinions oh, yeah. out of students. Yeah. And I think that's why I come back to it time and time again, because mm. it doesn't matter who you agree with, who you think the tragic hero is, you know, at the end of the day, it's the process of students wanting to say so much about that. And mm. I think that's where they're able to create really good theatre. Yeah, yeah. Because as you said, theatre is about wanting to say something. It's about wrestling with those big mm. ideas. And so if they feel really passionate about this character shouldn't have done this or I couldn't believe they did this or, you know, I wish Creon would just, you know, put his hubris aside Mm. and just kind of do what's right. Um, I'm talking Antigone Creon, not Medea Creon (laughs) because, you know, popular name in the Greeks. Um, But that's where they're able to go and really dig their teeth into these Mm. texts. um, Yeah, and you can have those really beautiful moments where you actually don't say much as the teacher then. If you give them... Uh, that structure like a spectrum of difference you start it as the facilitator but then they essentially get so passionate and so engaged in that 
um, obviously after doing a lot of work with the text first, but then they can take that and you can have a whole lesson of really just you're, you're listening to the students mm. um, debate and wrestle and justify yeah. those characters. Yeah, and it's nice to say after that, well, there's all your ideas, go run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Now, I know there's so much out of Greek theatre that we could have touched upon. So obviously... Um, this is going to be a topic that we come back to again and we might delve into some other texts or look at some other ways um, other ways to approach Greek theatre but if you listening have anything that you would love us to talk about love us to to um, touch upon about Greek theatre or anything that you do that you really go yeah this would be a great activity we would love to hear about that um but thank you so much for joining me soul thank you for having me um and we will see you next time on dq chats thank you very much and again i hope you have a fantastic uh world teachers day